Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. What a crazy ride into 2021 that we had this week. Only one day where we had to really deal with some negativity in this grain complex. So what's been going on in this trade and and what are we going to see? We've got a big report looming ahead on Tuesday. But where were we, were we just a month ago? We'll find out all the as PJ Conrad joins us, he is with TradeOS. So let's look at the broad overview of these markets. I mean, yesterday or the Thursday, the trade, seeing some negativity didn't last long. We got back into the positive to finish out the week. You know, it's it's been a crazy ride here over, like you said, the last month, Susan. And you really look at this week's trade, too. I think, um, you know, any outlet, I guess, was kind of putting out, they thought you might see some profit taking, some re uh reshuffling and uh, consolidation going into the report next week. But every time we've been down, we've also been met with some good buying pressure. And, you know, there's probably a lot of different uh, factors playing into that. And, you know, obviously the, the big story, demand and uh, South American weather and the unknowns of what that crop is down there. Um, and also on the back of, hey, we, we, we printed more money. We're going to print more money, as it sounds, uh, once the new administration takes office. So what's that all mean? I mean, you kind of look – look in the rear view and when's the last times we've seen some of these type of deals happen, you know, call it quantitative easing back in 2010, um, obviously led way to six, $7 corn. Now, uh, a little bit different environment now than what we were then in the standpoint of ethanol was a, was a fresh new demand source back then. It, it was very uh, heavily government subsidized. So not trying to throw out the fact that we're going to go there, but I think it's all good things to keep in memory. And especially when you get the fresh flow of money the way it is, and and really the soybeans, I guess, from a carryout standpoint, are so tight. And I, we're going to find out how tight they truly are, or the USDA thinks they are, come Tuesday. But I think any time you see these kind of moves, and, and you go back to a short month ago, and I was just having this conversation with one of my clients today of, you know, when we met a month ago, corn was at uh, D's corn was at 409, and March corn was at 422. Today. 75 cents better on the March corn. We're at 497. So it's a $0.75 increase this or in the last 30 days, and then you flash over to the uh, December corn is up $0.31 cents in that same time frame. So we've added a, you know, 40, uh, what, $0.44 cents of an inverse there, and, and then you kick over to the soybeans. We were 11.62 a month ago, and, and today we're 13.76. A new crop was at 10.41, and now we're at 11.63. So you always hear people you know, say maybe right now, I made the wrong decision two weeks ago to sell my corn or sell my beans. It's easy to look backwards and make that decision. But yeah, you had to be content at that price or happy with that price on that day. You're never going to sell 100% of the crop at the high of the market. And maybe you're sold out now and kicking yourself. Easy thing to do. But again, you can't let hindsight be your emotional driver because then you're always going to make in your mind, poor decisions, and especially in a market like this that realistically has done nothing but go straight up for the last month, which is unheard of. You know, typically, we always joke, you know, markets can't go straight up. Well, they're trying to, and they have been successful to this point. Um, <clears throat> rolling into Tuesday, what's it all mean? You know, I don't know. The one thing, I think right now we're so fund-driven. The funds are pushing this thing along so much. At what point, I guess, are we going to slow down demand, especially on the soybean side of thing? And I don't think we've found that rationing and demand yet. Um, you also got to think bigger picture too. And where you're know, going into the spring, we got an acre battle that's looming, and beans need the acres. So does that mean beans go up another dollar and corn stays relatively flat? That's hard to do, but that's 
you know, we need to get that new crop ratio out to about a 275 to 28 to 1 uh, beans to corn. And right now we're roughly at 264. So I think the beans definitely have some work to do as far as pricing themselves out of demand. But at what point do we step back for a, se a second and take a breather? And maybe this is one of those markets where we don't, but it sure feels like uh, when you get in these type of environments and we roll into a USDA report in order to keep feeding that bull, we're going to need some really bullish news on that report for things to slingshot higher. But maybe we found a spot, I guess, on old crop corn. It doesn't seem like it closed above $5. It's something they want to do too bad. So do we see Monday just being kind of a quiet pullback type of day leading into the report of 11 o'clock on Tuesday? You'd sure think so. I mean, that's typically how these uh, markets have, you know, will react. But uh, this year, the last 12 months have been so uh, not normal in so many different senses that the markets haven't been normal either. And so, yeah, usually Monday before a big report, you're going to see a quiet, choppy trade. Uh, if I was a betting man, that's what I'd say. You're not going to see – and maybe, you know, the thing is a quiet day in soybeans right now might be down 15 to 20. So who knows what, what it's going to do. But I would think you'd see a pretty quiet trade leading into that report on Tuesday. You get after that report, I think everyone's going to digest where we're at. Um, like I said, the, the, they're going to have to up the exports on soybeans. What are they going to do with the yield? And I guess, you know, you can – a year ago, we were cursing the USDA saying we had all these prevent plant acres and you're not accounting for it. You know, the last three reports have been very friendly for commodities, and you don't hear near as many people cursing the USDA. They're expect the unexpected. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, it's a report. It's going to come out. We're going to take it. And on Wednesday, we might be trading those numbers, and we might be trading what we actually think is out there. And I think overall, it, it could, be, uh, could be a snooze fest, too. When you have markets as excited as they have been for the last month, we might be building in any bullish surprise already. And obviously, remember that the algorithms are really going to take over the, those first few minutes of the report. Always do have your orders in, and uh, hopefully you catch one that uh, runs off the top. And it, it's uh, we're in a different time as far as those go, but it's it has created good volatility. As much as you hate it when we're down at 320 or 310, and you're thinking, well, I, I don't like the funds being in our markets. If you don't like them then, you can't like them now either, and they're the ones driving this thing higher too. All right, well, stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to continue this conversation. I do have a listener question in regards to what's been going on in the soybeans. We'll look at the negativity we saw within the uh, livestock complex as well. More is coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with PJ Conrad. So a question coming from a listener, and you and I were talking about this a little bit during the commercial break, is soybeans. $14, is it attainable? So that I'm going to play the devil's advocate and say, is $15 attainable on beans? I think with 14, we'll still tackle one question at a time here. <laughs> I think 14 is definitely in play. I mean, that's kind of the next resistance point on soybeans. Um, and, and, you know, up 20 today and really on no uh, major bullish news necessarily. So I think definitely 14 is uh, is in the realm of possibility. You know, I think that $15 number you're throwing around, I think in order for that to come true in the short term, it's going to take a wildly bullish USDA report. And that would be, you know, something sub 100 million bushel carryout. 
and, and if we get something wrong those numbers, we could see a quick move towards 15. Uh, longer term, I think a lot of that's going to depend. <clears throat> you know, we have been the mainstay of exporting thus far to China and the, and the worldwide picture. <clears throat> you look at the U.S. and where we're at carryout-wise, how much can we import soybeans from them late summer, mid to late summer, to not throw our whole system off and run, essentially run out of beans? So I guess it goes back to what's rationing, and if crush margins are still good, um, <clears throat> really you got to find a point where everyone's saying, okay, we need to pump the brakes here. And that's probably my biggest fear, I guess, to, to kind of change gears on you with corn is the ethanol landscape right now. Um, they're not they're not exactly in the black by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I think if you had to go to crush today on the, some ethanol, uh, 18 to 20 cent loser a gallon, what I've been told. You start tossing those type of numbers around, and, and where does this really end up at, I guess, is the question. I think <clears throat> I think where we're at is obviously awesome for uh, opportunity. You know, the next kind of line of resistance above 5 bucks is kind of 512 level. So could we push to that? We sure could. And, I, you know, it seems like today that's where we want to try to go with things. When is our demand going to just start teetering out? And that's the question. And... Nobody, you know, that's there's no perfect number for that. But what I will say is, it's good. Obviously, isn't there yet, and some of that's probably a distiller's thing for ethanol, and some of the fact it's winter time, and you're not going to really shutter your plant completely right now with the cold weather. So, looking at this before we jump over to livestock, um, and I wanted to touch briefly on the, on this wheat complex. As I was reading earlier this morning, there's not a lot of cold weather scares out there for this crop this year so far. I mean, I know we're only in January, but there hasn't been that that worry. No, there hasn't at all. And I think uh, <clears throat> that was the only, you know, the big three commodities, uh, corn, beans, and wheat. Wheat was the only one that finished down again, hard red winter, down five on the day, uh, hovering right at that $6 level. You know, I guess the question is going to be, Susan, as we come into the spring, is it necessarily uh, a you know, real cold freeze factor, per se? I'd just be more concerned about... Uh, some of these wheat acres maybe disappearing at the prospect of 450 plus corn and, and you know 12 50 plus dollar beans uh, and you, the reason I say that is you look you, know, you go down south and you think okay well, where a lot of these wheat acres are you could plant a short season bean down there catch an old crop uh, basis bid to say a dollar over and you got 1350 beans that's the type of stuff that's going to be going through some of these producers minds rolling into the spring of 2021 and what they want to do, if you know, does our wheat crop look good? Do we want to stick with it, or can we make more money by disking this under and planting a bean? I think that's a individual question that happens farm to farm. Uh, but to say it's not going to happen wouldn't be true either. So, wheat's going to, you know, obviously it's had its day as well. <clears throat> it feels like maybe wheat and corn a little bit are getting tired, but until bean shows kind of that sign of, of weakness or tiredness. You can't really pull the Band-Aid off either of those other commodities either. So let's look uh, over to the livestock side. And as we look at the, obviously, we saw the lower trade today. My question is, from a cash perspective, did the South sell too early this week? Yeah, that's always the uh, the question, right? When you get to this point in the year, you wonder, did we sell too early or not? You know, I don't, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I think they probably wish they would have held out. <clears throat> you look at fat cattle prices in general right now. I, mean, I think the weights are getting less, <clears throat> so that's encouraging. Um, the other thing, and just to try to look back in history, that we brought it up in the grains from a uh, 
2010 into spring of 11 standpoint. We're doing the same thing now, but it's 2020 going into 2021. We printed all this money in a week or dollar. <clears throat> we had roughly from January into late spring of 2011, we saw a 10% increase in fat cattle prices. Is that going to happen again this spring? Who knows, but at some point, you've got to give the cattle feeder a reason to keep feeding, keep putting hoofs in the lot, too. And I think eventually higher prices are going to have to give way from a weaker dollar. Way for folks to get a hold of you. You can call us at 402-858-7529 or uh, reach out to us on any social media platform at Tradeoffs LLC. All right. Thanks so much. PJ Conrad joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and they're not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.